The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your healthcare provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Hello everyone, my name is Juliana Aiken. I'm the host of the Unfiltered podcast and a co-founder of Unfiltered. Today I'm interviewing Luciana Gerard. She's a registered counselor and narcissistic abuse specialist and she will guide us through all the steps necessary to emotionally detach from a narcissist. Drawing from her personal experience of narcissistic abuse in relationships with parents, siblings, partners and friends, along with her extensive study of academic research on narcissism, she's well equipped to help us navigate this journey of emotional detachment. So, in step one of this series, we examined what we crave in relationships with narcissists and looked at ways to fulfill these needs ourselves. Step two took us through the telltale signs of a narcissist. In step three, we delved into the drama triangle concept and its role in interactions with a narcissistic individual. Step four centered around the tough realization that we can't change the narcissistic person. In step five, we explored the process of building ourselves up. Step six concentrated on the essential practice of setting boundaries. Today, in step seven, we'll expose the hooks narcissistic individuals use to pull us back into relationships and interactions with them for their own benefit. After Luciana provides in-depth examples of these hooks and offers her guidance on avoiding getting hooked in, there's a beneficial exercise at the end of this podcast designed to assist you in staying unhooked. So be sure to stick around until the end and have a pen and paper handy. Together with the previous and forthcoming steps, this seventh step will better equip us to emotionally detach from individuals displaying narcissistic traits. Let's get started. So today is all about hooks, being getting hooked in. And this originally came from Pema Chodron, um, who's the Buddhist spiritual teacher, author, person. Um, and she talks about getting hooked or she, you know, using hooks. So I've kind of stolen that because that's what a lot of narcissistic people do. They on purpose give us hooks that we then hook into. And then once we've hooked into it, they've won the competition. So I'm going to give some examples today of some hooks um, and what you might feel if you get hooked in and then finally how to not get hooked into these things. So there's sort of three parts to each. I've got seven examples and I've got three parts to each example, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. That sounds interesting. I can't wait to hear about those. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, the main thing is what, you know, what do narcissistic people get from hooks? So the main thing they get is emotional supply, whether that's you being angry or sad or really trying to defend yourself. They love seeing all that. They get a lot of emotional supply from that. And um, they also get a lot of attention. Um, sometimes they like creating an argument because they like to see you get really angry. Um, it's all about them having power over you and controlling you and controlling your emotions. And they just feed off that. So that's great for them. So the first example then of, of hooks um, is when we're a narcissistic individual, they can text or they can just say a question or a statement that entices you to disagree. 
So just like I've just said, you know, trying, they're trying, you know, sometimes you think, gosh, they're trying to have an argument with me <laughs> because they are trying to have an argument with you. Um, so they may, they might see or text again, you know, a false statement. Oh, you did such and such. You said whatever. Um, with the implication being that you were wrong or you were bad or less than, not good enough, not intelligent, not smart enough, not quick enough, all of these things. Um, another thing, a normal common one is you didn't put the keys, you know, in the on the right table or something. Um, and therefore, everything after that is your fault because you didn't leave the keys in that place. Um, so therefore, I was late to go to work. I was late for my meeting. The boss gave me a ride. This happened, this happened, this happened. Everything for the whole week was your fault because you didn't put the keys there. Mm. Whether you did or not, of course, is a whole different thing. But they are just sticking on that. So, um, yeah. Another one they also, you know, they say often is I never did such and such, um, which is a complete opposite of the truth. So they're completely denying that they've ever done it, you know. If you say, well, you left the keys in the kitchen, you know, on Saturday, I've never left the keys in the kitchen ever. I never do that with it, you know, um, just completely denying it all. Um, so, yeah, so the hook really is to get, because you feel the need to correct them, to tell the truth, to defend yourself from these horrific accusations. Um, but of course, by defending yourself, um, you're obviously a little bit scared, a little bit anxious, and that's perfect for the narcissistic person because they can get a lot of emotional supply from that. They feed on it. They enjoy watching you suffer, you know, while you're defending yourself. So, but really when you think about it, if you correct them, does it actually help? It doesn't because they ultimately, they think that they know best and that's that. They believe what rubbish they're saying. Mm. So... Um, yeah, if you defend yourself, do they listen? Do they understand? No. Um, if you set the story straight and tell the truth, do they listen or understand? No, they don't. Um, can you ever change their opinion? No. <laughs> so there's no point. There's no point in defending yourself or in saying the truth or any of it. Mm. So really the only way to get out of this and to not get hooked in is can you, this is the question, can you just recognize that they're trying to hook you in? And if you can, then you can hopefully just smile, <laughs> even if it's a bit false to begin with, just smile and try not to defend yourself. Because as soon as you defend yourself, that means, that shows me that you've, you've been emotionally, um, what, you've just been provoked, your emotions have been provoked and that's you, you've hooked in because that's exactly, they want to get an emotion out of you. And the second that you feel the emotion, that's when you get hooked into defending yourself or telling the truth or whatever. So um, yeah, try just to see, oh no, they're trying to hook me in. So try to just stay as unemotional as possible, a little smile, and then not to defend yourself. It's very easy to say and hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good. Mm, yeah. Saying, and awesome. yeah, the awareness part, like maybe that that's at least you at least need that before even, you know, trying exactly. to go to the other step, which is not not defend yourself. So it's a good place to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. 
So, okay, so the second example then is when they try to make you feel guilty. Um, so comments, so for example, if you're leaving and leaving them at home and they'll say, oh yes, just you go and leave me here, I'll be fine. You know, um, it's just trying to make you feel guilty that you're going out to have fun without them. That's not allowed. And um, they might be suddenly ill or, you know, oh, they suddenly have the flu or something really bad or they maybe they're having like a heart attack, something really serious. Um, but you just go, it's all fine. Um, so yeah, the, an anxiety attack, that's a common one as well. Oh, but they had an anxiety attack and I couldn't leave them. So um, yeah, they do many things just to prevent you from going and leaving. Because of course, the main thing is how could you possibly go somewhere else and give your attention to somebody else? I'm the one that needs all the attention. So you should be staying by my side to attend to me. <laughs> So the hook here is just to provoke your sympathy and again, your emotional supply. So usually if this happens, then you feel guilty for not complying with their wishes and the narcissistic person will feed off of this emotional supply and they will enjoy watching you suffer. They, 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 they enjoy the power of it. Mm -hmm. But that's gonna be in step eight is the, the power. So yeah. I'll in the next episode. Um, so yeah, so the, the narcissistic person will then use this as ammunition against you um, so that you're racked with guilt and it spoils whatever you're going to do. <laughs> it just wrecks it all because you're thinking about, oh, I'm feeling so bad that I'm not, you know, not complying with what they want. Um, but if you put off all your plans and stayed with them, would they be happy then? The truth is, no, they wouldn't. It wouldn't actually help anything at all. If you abandoned everything and stayed with them 24 seven, they're still not gonna be happy. They're not gonna change. So there's no point. So the hook really here is to just to try and recognize it is a hook and try to remember that they're doing it in order to manipulate you. It's unbelievable. And yes, they're feigning having a heart attack or being really ill or having a brain hemorrhage or something, but they're just doing it in order to manipulate you. Um, your feelings of guilt are not yours. You've done nothing wrong. Um, you just haven't complied. That's the only thing that you haven't done is you haven't complied and they will make you feel, or they'll try to make you feel guilty for that. So, but you don't need to feel guilty for not complying <laughs> because as a human being, you have the right to say no and you have the right to do what you want to do. So mm. there's no reason you should be feeling guilty. Yeah. So, it's a really hard one to <clears throat> get all of that in your head. There's quite a lot of um, sort of little parts and all of that, you know. Um, yeah. So, okay. Okay. On to yeah. the next one. Uh, so the third example then is when they put you down. So for example, this could be, you know, something to do with work. If you're doing really well at work, um, of course, they must be in a higher status than you at all times. So they'll start to try and hook you in so that you have to defend yourself. So for example, they'll, they'll say, oh, I can't believe that you let the boss treat you like that or I would never allow anyone to speak to me like that. 
or what a fool you are doing all that extra work. So these kind of things, it's putting you and your work, your position at work, it's putting that down um, just to make them feel better about their work. Um, so, of course, <clears throat> you get hooked into that because that annoys you because you think, no, I've done a good job at work and I've tried my best. And the, mm -hmm. so then you start, you stand up. If you get hooked in, you stand up for yourself um, and you start explaining the situation at work properly. But does that actually help? No, they're never going to listen. They, they don't want to listen. They don't want to change their mind. So, again, the narcissistic person will just enjoy watching you defend yourself. You know, showing them that they are that you are weak and pathetic, and that gives them the perfect emotional supply, so they feel better, and so much better than you, of course. So um, yeah. So again, if possible, just try to recognise that this is a hook. Again, just put that gentle smile on if you can, um, and try not to defend yourself. Um, because, of course, if you do defend yourself, is it actually going to change their perception anyway? No. So they enjoy watching you defend yourself. So, um, yes, just don't. No. <laughs> it's really difficult, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So, okay. So the next one, number four, is about breadcrumbing, um, which is the perfect way to hook people in. So often the, the narcissistic individual, they'll offer you something or they'll offer to do something with you. Um, yeah, they know that, you know, they know that the things that you like or the things that you want. Um, so then they can use it for something that they want. So for example, they might give you a nice gift and you, oh great, that's a lovely gift, whatever it is. But later they want something from you. And if you say no or you don't do it, then, oh, I've just given you that gift and you can't even do that for me. So it's not giving you a gift. It's giving you something so they can use it later on against you if you dare to not comply. <laughs> mm. You know. Um, and don't they also might, uh, that too, good point. And also that they use breadcrumbing if they can see that you are kind of, you know, on the brink of emotionally, uh, you know, exiting the the relationship, and they sense it. So they sense their loss of control over you, mm. and that's when they uh, come with their gifts and attention yeah. and love and stuff like that. Yes, and usually when it's too late, because by that point the the other person is completely half dead can't haven't got any energy anymore and is completely ugh, not in a good state so it's usually too late when they start giving all the gifts <clears throat> and attention so yeah so the other example is that you know they'll say oh let's go to you know the beach let's go to the beach because they know that you love going to the beach um so but then of course later on they'll change it or they'll add something in so maybe you you say oh yes great let's go to the beach so off you go to the beach on the following day but then as you're driving to the beach or walking to the beach oh let's just pop into this this shop here this store let's just pop in here because i think they have a good deal going on so you go okay then 
and then once you go in there oh yes they found a fantastic deal you can get a new laptop with a new mobile and three other devices and it's really cheap and it's great so you spend hours and hours in there while they look at all this stuff and then you you know have to help them carry it back into the car and take all of this stuff so actually the whole day has been about going to that shop to buy all of those things that they wanted it was never about taking you to the beach <laughs> the beach was just a hook to get them to get you to go to the shop to help them with all their stuff mm. does that make sense yeah makes sense and it's oh yeah <laughs> yeah so but and of course you know then you say oh can we go to the beach now and then they'll say oh it's too late now or oh no i'm, I'm too hungry now or no no I, it's too late i need to go i'm too tired so yeah. but of course all along they never had any intention of going to the beach it was just a hook to get you in so that you would go and help them so yep <laughs> <laughs> so and again when that happens when you find yourself in that situation again you can feel used and you feel really angry at yourself that you've been taken in by it yet again because this won't mm. be the first time um yeah so you, you you are you're angry with yourself um and of course if you say something it sounds really silly um and you know making a big deal about it and the narcissistic person will often laugh at you and they'll say, oh, you're being too sensitive or spoiled or controlling or selfish because you want to go to the beach. You always think about yourself, mm. you know. So, um, yeah, it's a hard, again, a hard thing to get out of. Um, and again, they will they will enjoy you being angry because that, again, is you giving them emotional supply. So, yeah. So the second that you feel angry or you, you know, because you've lost out, um, they've won and they, they feed off the emotional supply. So if possible, with these hooks, again, just recognize it's a hook um, and try not to accept any gifts from them. Try not to accept any offers, any let's go out down to the beach, <laughs> let's go wherever. Try just not to accept anything because more often than not, it's probably a hook to get something that they want. Mm, yeah. <sighs> so, these things are impossible to prove. Exactly, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> right. So the truth, I suppose, is that nobody will ever know 100% whether it was planned all along or it wasn't planned all along. Mm, but because then we, there is you can still for example recognize a pattern exactly but it's yeah. still still there is always that truth that well you know you can't say what is the truth was it planned or not mm. well but you can recognize a pattern but there is still always the argument well but you can't you don't know did i plan it or did i not plan it but yeah. And then if you do try to point out any patterns they could come with some kind of argument that those examples that you just gave they don't relate to each other so it's not a pattern exactly. <laughs> like those, those are like separate incidents that they are not actually a part of pattern 
So yeah, it just makes my head hurt when I'm just thinking, exactly. about, thinking about trying to talk about this or approve that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Even trying to find an example to explain it today. I like have been racking my brain. What can I say for this? Because, you know, and you know, there's not many shops that sell laptops and all that beside a beach, whatever. But it was the only thing I could think of to try and explain this ridiculous example. Mm -hmm. But this kind of thing happens all the time that you can never quite put your finger on what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, of course, at the end of the day, they're happy because they've got their new laptop and mobile and whatever else. And you're like, <laughs> But if you say it, you're the one that's being selfish and only thinking about you and, you know. You know. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> okay. So number six then. This is when the narcissistic person does something on purpose that they know will hurt you. And again, it's really difficult to put your finger on this, but it happens a lot. So for example, if you lend them a book, um so if i mean they can you know they'll they won't take care of the book they'll leave it out in the garden and it rains and it gets all you know wrecked or the dog chews it all up or it gets flung in the rubbish bin there's a whole pile of things that can happen to this book but them actually taking care of it and you know taking care of it out of respect for you that's not going to happen so then, you know, it, it comes back to you and you're like, well, I can't even use this book because actually I can't even read anything of it because the pages are all muddy or bitten off or whatever, mm. <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, they break stuff, they lose stuff. Um, so the, it's things like as well when you say, oh, you know, I've left um, potatoes boiling on the cooker. Can you turn that off in, in a few minutes? I just have to pop out. But of course, they forget to turn off the, the potatoes. They don't care is the truth. So that's that. So really, you can't um, you can't ask them to do anything to help because it actually just gives them a little bit of power, which they choose not to help or do the thing. <laughs> so it just makes it all worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the other thing I've got here is picking up a dress like for an important, if it's like a wedding or a graduation or something, and you say, oh, can you go and pick up my dress from the dry cleaners or whatever? And you give them a ticket and they, of course, forget. So you can't go or you have to wear something not nice or, you know. Mm -hmm. if, and of course, if it's something important to you, then they're definitely not going to do it. <laughs> um you know, it's almost like the more important the occasion is to you, the less they're going to try and help. <laughs> yeah. And the more they're going to do to not help. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So again, you feel angry then that they've ruined the whole thing. And um, you're angry at yourself for having let yourself depend on them to do something. Mm -hmm. um, and the narcissist might get angry at you for making such a big deal over nothing. You know, why are you being so controlling or not remi not reminding me to do it? That's a good one as well. <laughs> I was late for work because you didn't get me up on time. So, um, yeah. So, and you should never have asked it in the first place. So the narcissist will enjoy watching your disappointment. That will provide lots of emotional supply for them and they win again. Mm. 
So the only thing I can say for this is just, again, recognize it's a hook um, and try not to ever depend on them for anything. If you can just do everything yourself um, because it's just giving them more power and the power to then let you down, which is disappointment. So um, I think disappointment is one of the most horrible feelings, isn't it? It's quite an uncomfortable uh, disappointment. Um, and I seem to remember often feeling that disappointment when I was with a narcissistic partner. You know, it's, I don't know, it just seems to be um, quite a, it's a draggy down one. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense disappointment because there's nothing i don't know i don't know if there's anything you can do with it you're just disappointed and oh you know yeah um it's like the time has gone now so you can't ever get that back that too you know? yeah. yeah so um yeah it's a it's a horrible feeling so i think it's one that they particularly enjoy <laughs> you know Okay, so my last example then, number seven, is don't look at their social media. <laughs> so this is maybe applying more to when you've um, split up with a narcissist. Um, and maybe you're still a little bit tempted to check up and see how they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, try not to look at any social media because you can bet your life that they have posted something with a fantastic photo of all these gorgeous people around them. Um, having this luxurious life suddenly with the fancy car, the fancy house, everything. Um, so um, it just makes you angry, doesn't it, seeing all this. They can also post stuff about you, write, you know, write something like, oh, thank goodness, um, I'm free from my ex. You know, they were crazy and mad and nuts and all of this. Um, and of course, that makes you immediately because you know they're talking about you. <laughs> as do all your mutual friends um so it's yeah it's only natural that we want to go and defend ourselves and write something back so but again of course you know you you feel angry um if you do respond and write something back you feel angry that you stoop that low by responding in that way mm -hmm. um and again has it actually helped the situation no <laughs> it's not going to change anything and put you gonna... put you in danger exactly like <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if they have kind of planned inside their heads that okay if they do you know interact under this post or whatever they have planned what they say in order to make you uh look bad in the light like what you know I could be wrong, but like I just, uh, it's very dangerous to put yourself in a situation where they could, in front of everyone, then, you know, twist the reality in a way that just shows their point that they are right. And, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the bigger the audience they have, so if they have, you know, a thousand friends on Facebook, then that's even better, isn't it? Mm -hmm. They will try and humiliate you. And of course, if you try to respond, then they'll, that's just proof that, oh, see, they're the one who's crazy, yeah. you know. They're the one who just can't live without me because I'm so fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All right. So, yeah, so it just gives them more power again. 
basically because they've elicited an emotional response from you so they've won again so yes so my only thing for this is just try not to look at their social media at all um, and if you are tempted then ask yourself why are you still interested in them or in their social media what is it in you that seek what are you seeking what are you needing what are you trying to get from this are you trying to make yourself feel better would you feel happier if they you know there was photos of them or not photos of them because they were you know having a really bad time would that really make you feel better you know what is it that you're after mm. and then so because this episode was about how uh, like the hooks be aware of the hooks so can you talk more about how being aware of these hooks and how being able to not get hooked in with them helps you to emotionally detach yeah well i think again i think just understanding that that that's their game that they're playing mm. so once you can see that that's just a game that's just one of their many games that they're playing to try and hook you in so that they can get emotional supply but this like i said at the start if the second that your emotions do rise up in you then they've won Mm. so by by seeing it from it's again standing a step back from yourself standing out of yourself almost and observing it from a different perspective you can see this is just a silly game that they're trying to get they're trying to elicit an emotion in me so but i can see the game so i'm not going to react like that even if i feel it inside i'm not going to show them mm. <laughs> You know, even if you are furious inside, you're not going to show it. You're just going to have that little smile on your face and not show them anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, and I think especially the hook where you talked about breadcrumbing or when they give gifts or attention or compliments. Uh, that especially if you can see through that it helps you emotionally detach because then you are able to say to yourself okay they are not genuine now like yeah, yeah i might still be craving that with them this yeah. connection that i had with them that i thought that i had with them but they yeah. weren't their authentic self with me but anyways that you yeah. still might like desire that but if you're able to see what the that it's just like you said part of their game yeah. maybe it helps you to emotionally detach from them as well because it's quite shocking i think when you realize gosh this is the game that they've been playing if you've been with it with that person for a long time and you're finally realizing gosh that's how they manipulated me it's a shock so it takes a a, you know a little time to sort of go back you know and, and revisit them um, but with the new eyes of seeing what's actually the truth, what the truth is, what's actually going on. So, you know, they are saying these things to upset me. They are saying these things to try and get an argument because they're needing that emotion. Um, and the second I give that emotion, they've won because that's all they want, you know. So it's amazing. And in fact, as well, if you can really not give them emotional supply, they will kind of leave you alone pretty quickly. I found um, with, um, how can I say this? 
I found with people in my life who were quite narcissistic that I've given too much emotion all around. <laughs> um, so that the second I've stopped giving my emotions, then they suddenly don't need to talk to me anymore or they don't mm. want to go and see me or, you know, it's amazing. It can literally happen thing like that okay. overnight because I didn't, all they were wanting from me was that emotional supply, mm. you know? So the second you stop giving it, they no longer have the need for you. You know, you become useless to them. Which is in a good, that's a great thing. As we have discovered today, narcissistic individuals use hooks to reel us back into the relationship or get us emotionally involved again. Thanks to Lucienne, we now have a deep understanding of these hooks. Expanding on this knowledge through an exercise would be beneficial, right? I have prepared a simple exercise that helps you identify the hooks and prepare yourself not to get hooked in. So the hooks that narcissists deploy often exploit our vulnerabilities, needs, desires and hopes. Therefore, recognizing our emotional triggers is vital. Knowing what makes us vulnerable enables us to identify better when a narcissistic person is attempting to manipulate us and crucially, it helps us avoid getting hooked. So the step number one really is to identify your vulnerabilities. In this step, the aim is to gain self-awareness about your needs, wants and vulnerabilities that the narcissist might use to hook you back into the relationship. So take some time to reflect and list these down. Are they emotional, financial, related to your dreams or associated with your desire for companionship, love, family, etc.? The more clarity you have about your needs, the better you can understand when they are being manipulated. Step number two would be to recognize the hooks. Look at past and current interactions with the narcissist and identify situations where they have tried to exploit your vulnerabilities to draw you back in. This could be through promising to fulfill your wants and needs or exhibiting certain behaviors when they sense you are distancing yourself. Try to note the pattern or situation when this usually happens. For example, do they talk about a dream home when you are showing signs of distancing? Step number three would be to plan a response. Develop a strategy for how you can respond when the narcissist tries to use these hooks. This could involve creating a physical or emotional distance, for example. It could also mean seeking support from a trusted friend, family member or mental health professional. Having a plan can help you feel more prepared and in control. And here is a simple exercise that might help you to create this plan. So please have your paper and you can do two columns in your paper or in your journal. And in the first column, write down specific instances when the narcissist has exploited your vulnerabilities to hook you back in. And in the second column, write down a different response for each situation, how you can react in a way that maintains your boundaries and does not let you get hooked in again. So for example, the first column, you could title it hooks used by a narcissist and you could write talks about buying a dream house when I try to set boundaries. So obviously think about the hooks that the narcissistic person in your life has used and then on the second column, you could title it my new response and you could write something like 
I appreciate your intentions, but I need space and time to focus on myself right now. So you can write this as a, like, okay, this is something that I actually say to the narcissistic person, or you can just make sure that whenever they, let's say, in this example, it was about that the narcissistic person talks about buying a dream house whenever uh, you set boundaries. You don't have to say anything to the narcissistic person. You can just make sure that you internally, you say to yourself that, okay, I'm recognizing that right now they are talking about this beautiful future that I actually would want. I wouldn't want to have a family life in a beautiful, nice house. But right now I notice that they start to talk about this when I'm setting boundaries. But you don't have to like, you don't have to say anything to the narcissistic person, but just noting this internally is huge. And your your new response could be just like, whenever they do their hooks, I I take a step back, I don't answer, I say that I need to go or I'm I'm busy. And in this way, I take distance and I make sure to not answer anything to them and in this way you are preventing yourself from getting hooked into the relationship but yeah you can this is these are just examples so please think about your own situation and about the hooks and what you are able to do what could be the new responses that you could do and and think about these responses what are best for you and your emotional and overall well-being but anyway doing a table like this can serve as a reference guide when you feel like you are getting hooked back in and keep updating it as you identify more hooks and appropriate responses so you can just keep updating this document and write down different hooks that the narcissistic person uses and then think about your responses and the step number four would be to practice emotional detachment and another vital part of dealing with hooks is practicing emotional detachment and this is a process where you consciously decide to reduce your emotional investment in the narcissist. It doesn't mean being indifferent or ignoring your feelings, it's about deciding not to let them impact you as much. And one approach to mastering this emotional detachment is by listening to the episodes in this series and applying Lucienne's advice in your everyday life. And after this episode, we have three more steps to help us emotionally distance ourselves from the narcissist. So be sure to follow the podcast to get notified when these new episodes are released. Yeah, I, I, I want to thank everyone for listening to this. And thank you, Lucienne, so, so much for guiding us through... Uh, the narcissist hooks because yeah it's hard to sometimes identify those so thank you for the guidance and and i'm looking forward to record the step number eight with you it's about power yeah i'm having all the power here (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much good to see you again If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share the episode with your friends and family. Have a wonderful rest of your day and see you in the next episode.